Somebody get a shot up at the buzzer. It's good. Brooks Hall. The place hits it at the buzzer. The Dayton Flyers. Pandemonium in the Dayton Decibel Dungeon. This is Talking Out Loud, the number one podcast on the internet for Dayton Flyers basketball. Always wearing red and being loud. And welcome back to Talking Out Loud, the only podcast on the internet solely dedicated to your Dayton Flyers. It's a great night. We're doing the rapid reaction. I got Drew. I got Blackburn with me probably for the next 30 to 40 minutes. I don't even know how long this episode is going to go, but stick with us. It's a great night to be a Flyer fan, whether you're down on the team, whether you're up on the team, whether you have totally checked out on the team. Tonight was a great night for everybody. Flyers a winner by fucking 30 They're a 30-point winner in the Siegel Center, and ding-dong John Rothstein had to get on CBS and say, that's the most lopsided win I've seen at the Siegel Center in all of my years covering college basketball. Probably my favorite part of the night was watching that ding-dong be totally stupefied over what he said. And once I got past whatever stupid crap comes out of John Rothstein's mouth that means nothing... Right afterwards, Gary Parrish said something that was quite poignant. VCU went into the game missing their best player, arguably their best player, Vince Williams, for the game. But you cannot put an asterisk next to this game. You absolutely cannot. No one player in college basketball, maybe outside of Oscar Shibway for Kentucky, could have a 30-point difference on the score sheet And that is exactly what happened. Vince Williams doesn't play for VCU, and they get absolutely shellacked in their own home building. Final 82-52. This one was never in doubt whatsoever after about the 12-minute mark in the first half. It was a glorious night. Uh, And anytime I get to see that ding-dong Rothstein eat some crow on national television with all his dumb catchphrases, one of them being... Uh, a trip to the Siegel Center is more life-altering than a 10-day trip to Europe. <laughs> well, today you had to eat some crow on television, and there's really nothing more that I love than that. And stupid fucking catchphrases. We put him to bed tonight. I have Drew and Blackburn joining me. I hope you guys like that opening because I'm a little fired up. You know, it's a good night to be a Flyers fan. Blackburn, did they, they really back in a little bit tonight? First of all, I, I don't know about all this salty language. Um, <laughs> I came out firing tonight, baby. I'm loving I, it. Had some I, Miller Lights. Let's go. I was I was prepared to uh, this onslaught of venom pointed at John. Well, what, what, well yeah, because once I, I once I took it off the radio, then I could just you know be a little bit more honest. See, I feel like Rostin. I don't feel like even hardcore college basketball fans don't really take him serious. No, you know what I mean. No, you know, and you I know what I mean. That's my like, whole I, point. Yeah, he's kind of like uh like you know Dan Rovell ish, you know, it's kind of like he's a mascot kind of 
and I can't tell if he's in on the joke or not in on that joke. You know what I mean? By like retweeting the same four catchphrases over and over. Oh God, that's the like, one thing I struggle with. I really like these, do. These guys get a brand and, and they have to, God bless them. They got to stick to it. God, it's such crap. I get so tired of it. As a person who's like authentic and like that's my brand is being as authentic as I possibly can be. Nothing grinds my gears more than people who are just fake, fake, fake. 24 hours of every day and now like the guy sells t-shirts oh, and all this, all this crap like i'm so sick of that guy i'm sick of seeing him on my timeline and tonight was so great because one of his dumb catchphrases blew up in his face and he had to go on the broadcast and be like i've never seen bcu lose that bad could you so, imagine like taking out your debit card to buy a rostein t-shirt god like, almighty my god man i can't but anyway, i don't want to digress let's yeah. let's keep back to the basketball <laughs> playing all right i i came out hot all right we, i'll reel it back these. in we'll do we're here for the rapid reaction and, and we're we're really pumped that you're with us um tonight's rapid reaction brought to you by the lions and reynolds team at heritage hill reality as are all of our episodes but again thanks for sticking around um this one late night it's 10 30 central time 11 30 eastern flyers game done um they put the nail in the coffin about 15 minutes ago for that 30 point win True. Give me your initial thoughts of the game. Uh, I had fun. I had you a lot did. of fun. I had some I had a fun lot of too. Fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, when I saw Williams was out, and it was a great opportunity for us to go out. We had a big advantage, especially with the starting lineup. Uh, and yeah, did I expect a eighty-two fifty-two final? No, but uh, am I happy it happened? Yes, because bad things happening to VCU just brings me some joy. Like much like. You know, bad things happening to Rothstein brings you joy, apparently. It does. Uh, just bad things happening to VCU brings me a lot of joy. So tonight was uh, an all-timer, my favorite game of the season by far, like not even close. Uh, Tamani Kamara deciding, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to make four threes in a row in the first half. <laughs> Certainly a welcome sight. Uh, Kobe Elvis. Pumped on him for, for Kobe, 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, Kobe Elvis, uh, you know, Continuing to show that he is starting to be a legitimate bucket getter, uh, double digits in his uh, six of his last seven games. Uh, I'm pretty sure the only game that he wasn't in double digits was our loss to George Mason. So put those two and two together, and yeah, about as good of a night on the on the basketball court as you could ask for from the Dayton Flyers. That is absolutely right, and that's why we're here on the Rapid Reaction. To recap it all for you, um, six minutes in to our dialogue tonight, I have some trivia. Hit the music. Uh, trivia tonight comes from our pal Stephen Wright. You should follow him if you're a diligent college basketball fan because he always has something poignant to say. Not the comedian, say. by the way. Not the no, comedian. not the comedian. At Stephen Wright uh, with a V, not a PH. Stephen underscore Wright underscore. There's two underscores. Anyways, follow him on Twitter. He gave us the stat tonight. Um, boys, my trivia question to you is, how many games has VCU lost at home in the last 42 seasons dating back to 1980 by more than 20 points? How many games has VCU lost at home since 1980 by more than 20 points, including this evening? Drew, you have to start. Uh, 14. Okay. Blackburn? 15. The answer is actually six. Wow. <laughs> this is not a price is right situation here. Damn, I was um, trying for it. If it. Well, if it was, you both lose. And we I have said to a dollar. Lose. I should have said a dollar. Yeah, you should have went with the dollar. Exactly. <laughs> That's smart bidding on the contestant's row. Um, VCU's home losses by 20 plus points since 1980. 
That's amazing. 2000, they lost to Tulane. 03, UNC Wilmington. 1990, Jacksonville. 94, Louisville. 2011, George Mason when they were in the CAA. And tonight, to your Dayton Flyers by 30. 30. Man, it, it feels good for the Flyers to come out and, and put an absolute shellacking um, on a team like this. And, you know, it is it is one of those games where you, you look around and you go, man, where would this team be without the three losses to start the year? And we can't avoid it. And I did get that question in my DMs tonight uh, from our friend Nick Clarkson on Twitter. He asked, in a perfect world, let's say Dayton wins those three bye games and nothing else changes. So the Flyers at this moment would be 18-4. and four. Where are they in relation to the tournament? Drew, do you want to take a stab at that question? Because I think they'd be like a eight seed. Yeah, I think we're hovering around the top 25, if that's the case. For sure. It, and that that really is so frustrating because, like, you know, there's people on Twitter that like, want to beat their chest. Like, oh, man, you know, quad one win. I think the most people have kind of come to terms with this season. Um, but, you know, these are the ones we just have to have some fun with because we knew going into conference season that it was just going to be a game by game situation. You know, let's let's try to enjoy what's in front of us. Let's try to enjoy some basketball. And here we are. All of a sudden, Dayton's going to St. Louis on Saturday for Arch Baron Cup number two. And there are large, large implications on that game as far as seeding in the A-10. St. Louis won a thriller tonight against George Mason in double overtime with Yuri Collins hitting the buzzer beater and scoring 35 points. So they will be riding high coming off that game. Um, but again, Dayton Flyers going to approve to seven and two on the conference. VCU drops to six and three. George Mason takes the loss tonight. They fall back to four and two. St. Louis moves up. They are now six and two. So Saturday will be for second place in the conference, one way or the other. Davidson playing George Washington. So it suffices to say that they will stay at the number one spot. Drew, let's start here tonight. What surprised you the most out of all the things that you saw on the court tonight? Uh, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Tamani Kamara going 4-4 four, four <laughs> yeah. from, from the great beyond. And I think he went 1-4 for four from like two feet. Yeah, yeah. Like I tweeted um, out, he had 18 points. He could easily have like 26. It was it, the funniest stat that I saw. I, I believe this was on the TV broadcast today. Was um, in the first twenty-one games of the season, Kamara had eight threes. <laughs> he had four in the first half today. <laughs> right, it, it's crazy. But uh, more than that, uh, the play of Kobe Elvis, nine of fourteen tonight without hitting a three, two of two from the line, twenty points, getting into the rim, some nice finishes around the rim. That little, you know jab and turn around fade away from about 10 to 12 feet that he just he makes all the time and he's starting to become that consistent two guard scorer and if Dayton wants to start building the momentum to get this where the team wants it to go he's gonna have to keep doing it uh Malachi Smith unfortunately for you Sully falling one assist short of his uh assist uh, pr- uh total prop sorry to see that but you had to bring it up had to absolutely had to, had to. Uh, yeah. you know a deceiving box score game thought he played really well uh did a good job handling the press uh, only one turnover which i thought he got fouled on said turnover so you know that's either here nor there but all around great defensive effort 
we we looked engaged for all 40 minutes, including when we were up big at the end. So all in all, you know, in a season like this, when the at-large discussion is probably gone, these are the games that you want to gravitate to. And they gave us, you know, no matter where, how you feel about the season, if you didn't enjoy tonight, then just quit watching. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like if you didn't enjoy watching the game tonight, um, you know, the college basketball season probably just isn't for you. It really, you know, that's that's the reality of it. Um, I did have somebody on Twitter this past week that said, well, you know, we're not out of it till we're out of it because I saw the Flyers win nine out of 10 games down the stretch in 2014 and make the tournament. Okay. You no, know, no, I, I hear you. That's, that's factual. The same players playing that, today. That's that's factual, right? Um, the problem is the 2014 team didn't have three quad four losses. Like, you know, it, it's a, it does suck. It, like, it, it's a day like this. So we have to keep going back to it. But it's like no amount of goodwill the Flyers can earn going through the conference will make up for that, right? Like, even when you're on a roll and, okay, we won nine out of the last ten, you know, the Flyers had a resume in 2014. Let's just keep it comparison here. Um, they, you know, they had a resume where you could overcome those types of things. They didn't have really terrible losses. So um, that's why, you know, I have to keep it in perspective. But Blackburn, let's let's go this route. For the A-10 tournament coming up, um, you know, got to win three games in three days, got to finish top four. That's the path for us to, to get there. Are you convinced that the Flyers are capable of winning the A-10 tournament? And if you're not, what will take take convincing like what what will you need to see to be convinced i mean in in i mean i, I guess i'm going to a- answer that question in a roundabout way do i think they have a a chance to win the a10 tournament yeah absolutely you'd be I crazy mean, to say otherwise at this point. right yeah. i mean you could argue you could argue that they are you know maybe davidson has more basketball talent pure basketball talent but That's i true. mean it's they got all the pieces that you know a lot of teams in the a10 don't have let's put it that way they don't have no one's got a guy like holmes you know what i mean um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's consistent play, obviously it's, and look, it's three games away from UD arena as well. It's, it's essentially a road game. I know it's a neutral site, but, um, you know, uh, and another thing is that Dayton has never won the A-10 tournament <laughs> away from home. <laughs> from, so there's that history of about 30 something years or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> that's what so, I always go back to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's always, I laugh at people are like, yeah, you know, if Dayton wins the A-10 tournament, it's like, yeah. We've had much better teams than this not win the A10 tournament. What makes you think this is going to be a team to break through? And, you know I, what I mean, it's like I don't believe it until I see it with my exactly. own eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Do I? Yeah. Like I said, do I think they're going to win the A10 tournament? Of course not. Do I think they have the the talent? Can they get hot for three days and, and win it? Of course. Um, and yeah, just to follow up on the the at large discussion, which I can't believe is still going on. It's not. Day. It's not. Not. Oh, not let's go on until serious. the dying day. Yeah, yeah I know. But <laughs> it's going to go on until the dying day. Because yeah. I see, I, like, like you saw, I see it on Twitter all the time, and I, you know, God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just <laughs> don't know how people can be fans like that. But it's like, look, I, Dayton's going to end up with at least ten losses going into the A ten tournament. We, could we agree on that? It's 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 very probable. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have oh, another stinker somewhere. You, you know, I wish you would ask me that question like this afternoon. Cause I would have been like, yeah, three more losses with what I just saw tonight. You know, Blackburn, here's the thing, man. So they go to St. Louis on Saturday, right? The six games after that, stay with me. Duquesne, George Washington, Rhode Island, St. Joseph's, UMass at home and at LaSalle. Those are all games that Dayton could probably win. Now, are they going to win all six? No. Uh, 
They definitely could, man. So they put up they put up forty nine points against George Mason not ten days ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So if you would ask me this afternoon, I had a different answer than right now. So I mean, eighty two points. That's an aberration. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not like <laughs> this is the Showtime Lakers all of a sudden. No, this is a team that scored you know fifty three against Rhode Island one by two, forty nine against Mason. I mean, let, let's let's relax a little bit. They're they're probably gonna lose. <laughs> Nine or ten games. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And yeah. mid-major teams with nine or ten wins, uh, ten nine or ten losses, do not get at-large consideration. Especially just, ones with with three with four quad, quad ball. Yeah. Losses. It's just let's just let's just keep it chill. Nip it in the bud. Let's right. nip it in the bud. But yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me that question this afternoon, I'd been like, yeah, you know, two or three losses are possible. But I, um, I guarantee you, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it on, uh, on audio right now. They're going to have at least ten losses this year going into a ten tournament. Yeah, that means they take three losses from here on out. I mean, they have nine games left after yeah. tonight. Um, six and three. You know, with what I saw tonight, I, I think seven and two is really where they should be. Um, the, the other problem is. Is they go to Richmond and then home against Davidson to end the year. I mean, that's tough. Like, let's say they do run the table here and they win the next eight games in a row. It's entirely plausible they lose those last two. So yeah. it's a weird schedule set up that way. And look, they're, they're going to have a stinker against, you know, St. Joe's. UMass. Or, yeah, yeah, UMass or somebody. It's going to happen. No, no, no. At LaSalle. We they play go, at LaSalle at 2 o'clock La- on a Saturday. Yeah, they yeah, go at Joe's go. and at LaSalle and back-to-back there, Saturdays. That, there are going to be there are gonna be games where Kamara does not hit four threes. <laughs> and, probably, and the team, there's going to be one the rest game? of them. Yeah, probably the rest of them. And the, the team's best overall player will not be out. So it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of, like I said, it's a great win. A lot of things came uh, up the flyers even before the game started. So I mean, let, let's let's not get carried away with ourselves. Like I said, it, it's that's the whole thing. You got to be kind of retrospective and kind of look back at you know scoring fifty three and forty nine and not thinking all of a sudden eighty two is the norm now. <laughs> right. It's easy to overreact to a game like this. And right. Yeah. Like we're gonna we're gonna hoop it up and all that tonight. But you guys, yeah, so. people need to understand that like just because we went out and put up 82 tonight doesn't mean we're going to walk into St. Louis on Saturday and do the same thing. Certainly now, if not. We did, now, if we did, however. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. If we beat St. Louis by 30 on Saturday, I might, <laughs> I might, uh, I might do something foolish because I'm going to be down there at Chaffetz Arena. I, you oh know, boy. <laughs> I could do something super foolish. You yeah. know, Sully, you should have like a parody Blackbird or uh uh, podcast where you do like the overly optimistic guy. You know what I mean? Just like, what do you mean? That's what you have me for. Yeah. <laughs> but like just the crazy guy. You're like, hey, look, they're going to run the table, obviously. Uh, looking at a nine seed right now. Like just a guy who's just like completely out of his goddamn mind. Like some of these people on Twitter. You know what's really funny? As I said that, like I'm going to do something super outlandish. And my first thought is like, I'm going to run on the court. But what I learned about St. Louis two years ago when I got really good tickets, shout out. Um, I don't even remember who gave me the tickets. Like I, I feel so bad. Like now I'm going to be like, shout out that our buddy in St. Louis. Um, but I got tickets that were like seven rows up. And if you listen to the show for the last couple of years, you remember the whole story. Like I walked through the cheerleading line, like on the court to get to my seats And then after the game was over, I very willy nilly just like walked onto the court. I walked directly across the free throw line and I said, hey, to a couple people that work for the school right after the game. So I was about to be like, if Dayton wins by 30, I'll run on the court. (laughs) But like Chaffetz Arena, for some reason or another, is very lax about like who gets on the court and when. So 
I, I mean, I'm going to do it either way, I think. That's that what, was like when I went to UMass a couple of years ago. After the game, I wasn't even sitting courtside. I was probably sitting third row. And after the game, we literally went on the court and were shooting hoops. Like they had a ball. <laughs> like literally shooting baskets right, roll after out the, the rack. game. Roll out the yeah. rack. Give me that. Let's get a, let's get a, let's get a run going. <laughs> Who's got fives? I got, Don't know I missed. Got, we got we got tr uh yeah we we got jay over there let's let's get five um <laughs> you know the the thing um we talked about it pregame um and and drew you you know as well as as anybody like going in the game tonight it was like well it's going to be a rock fight because vcu's got the second best defense in the country efficiency wise they're holding opponents to 42 percent from the field they're turning opponents over on 26% of their possessions. That's fourth in the country and second in the country. They hold opponents to 25% from three-point land, four, 44% from two-point land, and they're blocking shots. They're getting steals. They're forcing unforced errors all in the top 20 in the country, right? And then tonight, like the Flyers shoot 46% from three. They shoot 52% uh, from the field in general. Right, they're able to get to the line. They win the turnover battle. They win the rebounding battle by a wide margin, forty to twenty-two. Good right? lord, uh, seven for fifteen from downtown. Again, I just mentioned it. Um, that's that's good for forty-six percent. I mean, I was ready to come on the show and like do what we always do, like dissect the numbers. Okay, did the Flyers win the turnover battle? Did they win the rebounding battle? Did they shoot over? 40% from three. I mean, those are, the, yeah, those are, yeah, those are the keys to the game for Dayton. But as I'm sitting here, like those things don't even need to be discussed. I mean, Drew, this game was literally never close for one single minute in the second half, right? No, it wasn't. And it wasn't close when Dayton went on the 11 0 run uh, to close out the, the first half or that, you and know, that, that was when the game the was first over. Half. And that was when the game was over. You know, Kobe got, gets that, we get that dunk. And then Kobe gets that steal and layup right at the end of the half. And you just kind of felt, you know, all the air of the, you know, the half filled stadium just kind of leave the building. And then yeah, what the hell was going on with that? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. That, that was, <laughs> was a quiet. poor, poor display by the Seagull Center all night. Right. Like even at the beginning of the game. That's what I'm like, saying. It was, like, it was quiet. I can I, hear I the officials sh- like yelling at the players. I was shocked like how there, there were like empty rows, not seats, like rows. Right. Like what's yeah, good up there, down it, there? Yep, and then you know we jump on them right out of the gate of halftime and get the lead to twenty, and it, from there it, that's literally all they had to do was in the second half is like literally just don't let them back in the game, like just get, make it through the uh, get to the under sixteen timeout up fifteen sixteen whatever it is, and we're good, and we are, and we yeah. had twelve turnovers tonight. We had twelve turnovers tonight. How many of them did Kamara have? <laughs> oh man, uh, we couldn't go one pass without shitting on him. He had five. <laughs> hey, he had the, he had five, but he had the, he had a great night. Like, yeah. so I can live with him turning the ball over five times if he's going to play like that. Like, let's get in front of it and just say that. But it just did kind of make me laugh. And then one last thing on the rebounding, I've gone too many years of watching this goddamn basketball team not be able to rebound at all. So to say that this season has been a nice change of pace and that we pretty much win the rebounding battle. Every night, it is very, very nice. You know what used to be killer, and Drew, you make a good point. It's like I remember for so many years, maybe since I started following UD, like it, it just seemed like they gave up so many offensive rebounds, right. and it was so goddamn frustrating. And yeah, that, that that is a good point. That really hasn't been a factor at all this year. I don't think gave up I, six tonight. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I feel like they're doing a, a pretty damn good job on the boards this year. Yep. Um, this just in breaking news, um, two, two items mm-hmm. of breaking news. Just to my cell phone a couple of minutes ago, I got a text message from Brooks Hall that said, wow, LOL. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. <laughs> Retweet, um, Brooks. Second that's piece. Like a, that's like, are you sure it wasn't Magic Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, a second piece of breaking news on Ken Palm uh, is that Dayton went from 76 to 54 with that win against VCU. Wait, they're in the tournament. I, I am I am, ser- oh I am I am seriously scratching my head at how that is even possible for them to jump that many spots after a win. Probably, um, probably mail-in ballots, I'd assume. And you would assume. You would assume. Yeah, some tampering. Um the the net rankings will come out uh tomorrow morning after this broadcast. Again, uh it's late 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 in the east and it's almost late here in central time um but i you know cards on the table i thought i did a whole monologue on it this past week getting from 70 to 50 in the net is like it's very very difficult because you're stepping over a lot of power five teams that have q1 games night in night out but if they're going to go from 76 to 54 in ken palm there's something about the computers that that is jiving well for Dayton. And I say that because sometimes at this point in the season, there's certain anomalies with the computer systems that they just don't necessarily jive with what you're watching on the floor. And I'll give you a really good example. St. Bonaventure, who just lost last night. Uh-huh. Bonaventure is very much still in the at-large conversation. I mean, they're 12 and six. They have an uphill battle. They have a lot of work to do, but they're 102 in the net and they're 95 in Ken Palm. They're two and one in the quadrant one, and they're two and four in quad two. That's a, like a fairly middle of the pack. That's bleak. Top one hundred team, in in my opinion, and and they're like outside of the one hundred rankings in the net. So, um, all of a sudden, I guess we're gonna have to keep an eye on on where Dayton ends up in the net ranking because if you're getting towards the top fifty, that's where that cutoff line at you know ends up. Now, like I said. I think it's preposterous. Like, I don't think Dayton can earn enough goodwill to make up for the games that they lost. And let's put it this way. If you get down to selection Sunday and you have a couple of teams that are right next to each other, the one with three quad four losses is getting thrown out (laughs) immediately. Like, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Like if you're doing the eye (laughs) test or whatever the fuck, you know? Um, So I, again, I, I just, I thought That's that was incredible. Actually, I thought that was really interesting, right? Like, I don't think even after Dayton, beat St. Bonaventure, they went from 86 to 72, which was like a pretty big jump. But 76 to 54, like I... One spot below uh, Davidson. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and Davidson obviously is um, 18 and three. I mean, they don't have a single bad loss on their schedule. They beat Alabama. They beat VCU at the same place that we just did. They just beat Bonaventure on the road. They beat Richmond on the road. I mean, they're not like a... Um, fool's gold type of resume. So, um, I, whatever, guys. I don't know what to make of that. Usually, I have something profound to say right here, but I, I don't. I don't. I I don't understand quite how Dayton has creeped this close to the top fifty. But here we are. That's yeah. That's kind of amazing. You know what else was amazing? Um, did you see the commercial for the the university tonight that was on TV? Oh yeah, yeah. I do. I, yeah. All right. That was a new commercial, completely new, right? Yeah. Well, new ish. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen it anyway. Okay. 
was there was a fucking flight simulator. Yeah, yeah, there was. What what major is that? <laughs> what where is that? You know, it actually is, is getting under my. I want to take, take that class. <laughs> where was that elective when I was at UD? Yeah, flight simulator. Um, the one thing that is is starting to get under my skin because of it, it's not the commercial itself; it's because of the frequency of which it plays, and because I watch other A10 games. You guys know the one I'm talking about. It's that A10 commercial that like shows all the schools. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that must. Okay, hand up. I've I've long thought this. Why do conferences have commercials? I don't know. Do you have any answer to that, Blackburn? That is a good question. Like, what what like high school senior who's like an athlete is just like sitting at home and he's like. Man, that whole conference is great. That's Did you see that commercial? That commercial kicked right. Ass. Like the You're school, I me- get like school ones. I get, but like I, we were watching. I think we were watching like college football or something this fall, and it was like a Big Twelve commercial. And I just like it hit me. I was like, why do why do conferences have commercials? Like, what are we <laughs> what are we advertising here? Like that is I feel like that's, it's just something I thought about, and then when I said it out in the open, everyone else like kind of agreed with me. And as you two, like as at least Blackburn is now, like it, it is kind of perplexing, right? It is, yeah, because the thing is, it's like it never caters to, to the sport that's on at the time. Like, it'll yeah, it's be, everything. right, it'll be like girls' soccer, volleyball, you know, uh, badminton, and all types of weird, you know, a flight simulator going through the sky. You're like, what exactly is this? Yeah, you're right. Like, who can't, like, the A10 is not a brand anyway. Like, it's not like anybody, there's a reverence for the Atlantic 10. I mean, that is a great, Drew, you're, man, there's some great issues and, and topics bring, being brought up tonight. Speak for yourself. I have great reverence for the A10. Well, <laughs> that makes one of us. Yeah. You know who we didn't hear from tonight? He must have been MIA. Um, was Donnie? Uh, Tom Eggs. Um, I, <sighs> I just got word that he's watching the game now as we record. So he had, oh, to, he had to do oh, a what little a shame. He had so much fun tonight on you Twitter. Know, he was watching live. So, so here's a good hypothetical. <laughs> Dayton wins by 30. Do you get more enjoyment out of watching the game live or hiding the score from yourself and then sitting alone like we know Tom Eggs is right now, scrolling through, watching the refs and all that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I'll, I'll probably be in bed by the time he starts tweeting about the game, but, <laughs> yeah, but- it's going to be funny when Dayton is up by like 24 late in the second half and he's doing screenshots of like missed fouls. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the world, man. He he is like a referee connoisseur. Like I bet you he knows Love these him. guys, like their biographies and shit. Love them. Well, that's a, so that's my question. Like, it, on a night like tonight, would you rather experience it live, or like you went out to dinner and you did what you were going to do anyways, and you're like, okay, I have blinded myself from the score. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch the game. Right. I'm almost thinking that it would be better for a game, you know, like tonight where we win by thirty to watch it after the fact. You, are you guys I'll, with me on this? Yeah, no, for sure. And this applies to college football more than anything, but. Watching a sporting event where you can zip through the commercials is such a more pleasant experience. Oh, it really is. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say, especially tonight when like you know, I I, I started I kind of checked out like the fifteen minute mark in the second half because I'm like <laughs> yeah, this 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 is over. over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? These um, are the best too. Like, do you remember? And Drew, we've talked about this before, but and I want each your reactions on this. But like, do you guys remember what that feeling was like two years ago? When we got up 15 and then you were kind of just like, eh, I'll have it on in the background. Like the game was never in doubt. And tonight made me kind of feel like that again. Like 2020, how many games that season 
did you not even have to pay attention to the second half? I'm pretty sure we had a rapid reaction podcast with like 10 minutes to go in one of the games. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember like which one it was, but I'm I can I'm, I'm almost certain that we started a rapid reaction podcast with like 10 minutes to go in the game. That, uh, but yeah, that, that year so, was great though because you're right. You could you'd watch the game and like you'd be at a you know up 22 like the first half, and you can kind of like switch around to see like closer games. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I, I yeah, do, you I can flip back and forth, right? And, yeah, well, I missed that. I, like I had the game on my my television in my room. And second half, I demoted it to the computer. I started socking dingers on MLB The Show. You, like, you, like have, a a, t- I, you have a TV in your room? Jeez, yeah. rub it in. Man. I live with roommates, man. <laughs> Jeez. You're moving up in the world. Man, right. that's pretty nice. I gotcha. You have a VCR in there, too? I uh, wish. <laughs> fellas, uh, we're, we're at the half-hour mark on the rapid reaction. And, um, and truth be told, like... There's not a whole lot to dissect on this one. You, nope. you as a Dayton fan, sit back, kick your feet up, have a nice Thursday and Friday, carefree, all right? Because we just didn't have to worry about this one. There's no sense in dissecting that game because the second half was a formality. Um, I, I will say, piggybacking off of what Drew mentioned earlier, I cashed easily on the Tamani Kamara prop bet of nine and a half points. That was a fool's line. But then I thought there was easy money to be had on the Mally Smith three and a half assists over, and he hit three assists. So, you know, Mally, Vegas, if you're listening, baby. Mally, if you're listening to the show, man, I mean, you really let me down there. Like, you, could you, you not put together one more dime in the second half for me? It's you, real, you probably don't want to. Um, hurtful. You probably don't want to discuss or point gambling issues towards a player on a college team that's one <laughs> two you might want you might want to review the tape and maybe get an appeal you know i should because there was one pass to kobe brea that he took directly to the hole and he didn't get an assist on and i thought it was a little bit questionable maybe so, a stat correction yeah i might a correction write a letter tomorrow. write a strongly worded letter yeah. um sign it seven dollars damn it yeah, don't uh, email. That's a that's a letter in the mail. No, yeah. So I might have something to say to the powers that be in Las Vegas because I was none too pleased with how that shook out tonight. Um, <clears throat> Tom Eggs is already on the horn saying that Dayton is up to 55 in Ken Palm and 35 in Bart Torvik. Um, I, again, can't believe it. Like They, they must love something about Dayton. I, I don't get it. Um, but I'm glad that I don't get it because nothing really makes sense anymore. This game certainly did not make any sense. Um, so boys, let's, let's quickly turn the page. We're not gonna have another show before Saturday. Um, I myself will be going down, as I mentioned, to Chaffetz Arena for my second time, third time, third time in Chaffetz Arena, watching the Flyers take on the Billikens. I'm pumped about it. What are you guys going to do for the game? Drew, you're gonna watch with some friends. How do you feel about the game? What you know, I I honestly have a good feeling about it. Of course, on the heels of of this 30 point win, but for some reason, like I kind of always feel good going down there. It just feels like we've really had their number, you know, over the last couple of years, basically since like the first year of Anthony Grant, right? Yeah, and uh, I've got the same good feeling. You know, if we carry the momentum we brought out tonight, carry that into Saturday, get a dub, that'd be a good one. Uh, probably watch the game at the local watering hole. Uh, O'Brien's go. my favorite place. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably where I'm watching the game. Big one, another, you know, second and third place team going at it. So we get this one. We put a game separation between uh, St. Louis and VCU. So big one, huge one. 
Yeah, it will be. Blackburn, what, what are your feelings going into Saturday, Arch Baron Cup number two? Well, I, I hate to use a cliche. You throw the records out. You do. Um, you have to. Absolutely. I'll probably, I'm thinking, yeah, I got to plan this out. I'm probably, I'll probably go watch a movie and watch the game during a movie on my cell phone with the <laughs> volume up loud. That's weird. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully get my ass kicked. Um, uh, one, one little, little sidebar. You guys know the, the uh, esteemed attire company, Homefield, correct? They make really comfy shirts, really nice. You know, they, they throw in a little bit of retro design, stuff like that. They came out with some Dayton shit uh, this week, I think. And one of the things they had was like this, like pulled like a quarter zip, but it was like kind of like a basketball warm up. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Now, like, I loved everything about it, right? And I'm like, I'm going to pull the trigger on it. But then I got to thinking, like, what do you wear that with? <laughs> like, yeah. You're legit wearing like a basketball warm up. Like, what do you wear that with jeans? Like what the fuck? Uh, I don't know. Maybe my joggers. You think those would be okay? joggers? Yeah. yeah. You know what? Joggers. And, and that actually might, might work. You know, I want to do a special shout out at this point in the program for everybody that's stuck around. Um, but for all the students, because man, it's been a banner day to be a UD student. Classes got canceled for Thursday, February 3rd at UD. Oh my God. They had a big oh game boy. against VCU Ooh. tonight, late 9 PM start. It was on national TV. I mean, it, boys, this is a bad day to be a beer in Dayton, Ohio. Let's be honest. My Indeed. God. My God almighty. Could you imagine? Like, people are probably literally playing like 8 o'clock, dude. We're at 8, 8 a.m. 8 a.m., bro. <laughs> Outside. Put a fucking jersey on. <laughs> um, This just in on Twitter. Some of the things are starting to file in now as a recording. But uh, Jablo interviewed uh, Deron Holmes after the game. I, you know, it's so funny. Like, we went this 35 minutes on the podcast and like, He's getting so consistent with his output, and he's been just so good on a nightly basis that we we barely even talk about him anymore because we just expect him to give us, you know, 10 and 10 or, or whatever the case may be. Tonight, Duran goes for 21 and 7. I really don't even think I've talked enough about him because every night it's like, well, Duran has to to do that for us, right? He he has to put in ten points. He has to get seven boards, and the, I mean this dude's offense is just getting better and better. He knows where to be, uh, he knows when to be there. And uh, again, I, I just wanted to make a quick sidebar to to say that we just don't give him enough love. But he said that <clears throat> in the interview with Jablo just now, he said, "I think this is one of our best performances of the season. We all locked in together. We played as a team." We played great defense. We played tough. We played with heart and passion. We didn't get too emotional. That kind of says it all. And then right underneath that tweet, I have a good quip from Larry Hansgen. You guys ready for this one? Yes. That was the biggest win by a visiting Grant in Richmond since Ulysses in 1865. (laughs) Hey, Larry. Can't top that one, fellas. You better get your final thoughts. And as we close up shop, Drew, you got to go first. Final thoughts. ABC2. ABC two coming up. Uh, obviously, ever it's the one you circle on the calendar. Heading back, back to Shafitz. Uh, big one, big one coming up on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Keep the momentum rolling, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I love it, man. I'm not looking forward to the drive, but once I get down there, I'll be I'll be really spicy and ready to go. Blackburn, final thoughts. Get us out of here. Uh, I think the arch is the worst monument of any U.S. city. Why? Uh, Wait a uh, second. Why? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's just it's it's boring. It's 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 stupid. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. 
I just don't like it. You know what? Okay, I have thought There's about this. There's something dynamic about it. Do you all know right, what I mean? I, I'm, not, I'm gonna cut off your final thoughts and I'm gonna let you finish. All right, I'm gonna Kanye West your ass right now. But right. here's the thing that I've always said about the arch. The arch could be the coolest monument in the country if oh. it went over the river, but it doesn't. It just sits there. Exactly. It does the river. Right. That's it's where I'm a, at. On I listen, I've heard many people talk about this. How like how under there, there's literally there used to be a Facebook page. I don't know if there is anymore. It was like, you know, disappointed at the arch or something. And it was all these families like with just like bored looks on their face. Like, I can't believe we walked all the way here <laughs> and this is it. Like for real. There used to be like a, a Facebook page about it. <laughs> uh, another thing. Uh, what do you what do you guys quickly uh, your take on on Weaver right now? What's the what's the situation? Yeah, so the, the situation with Weaver, and I think everybody can see it at this point, is that he had a very specific, and, and I'm not gonna like say his inside information or anything like that. Here, here's just what I know, and everybody knows on the show. I tell it like it is, and I I tell you what I know. Elijah Weaver was given a very specific role to play on this team, and you don't want to play it. So now he's got his injury. He's got this injury. Okay, fine. He's got his injury, and he's on the bench. But he had a role that he needed to play for this team. He didn't want to play it, and now he's injured. You guys can know read, your role. You guys can read between the lines as much as you want to on that. In life, you got to know your role. You know, <clears throat> I mean, you really do. Tonight was a perfect example of why, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, he's just not. He's not going to be a factor in the offense. His defense is average at best. Um, you know, no ill will against the kid. He he wasn't the starting point guard to start the year that we needed. He wasn't ever the guy that we needed him to be on the court. He wasn't the role player that we needed him to be. Every game we've had solid output offensively. Every game that we've looked cohesive on offense, he hasn't been a part of those offensive efforts. And And really, I just, early on in the season, I felt like he was doing more detriment to the team on the court. Um then he was doing good and and frankly you know again whether he's trying to to keep his transfer stock up and not playing minutes or, or what have you i i don't know um what i know is that if he wanted to be playing he he probably would be out there tonight so but again like what's <clears throat> what's the the move for a guy like that where it's like you've already you've already kind of done this at two schools now like you, I, uh, you keep on going further and further down the totem as far as the quality of competition, like what is the point now? You know? Yeah. I, again, I, I don't know what the future looks like for him, but I know that it must be a very frustrating season. I said to Brooks last uh, episode that I have sympathy for his situation. You know, he thought he was going to be the man. He got yeah. passed up by a freshman. He could have been a role player on this team. And now he's not. And the only thing he can do now is get in that flight simulator. That's it. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only thing left to do with it, then hit the hit the, hit the trail. Yeah. All right. Finish your final thoughts. Go ahead. That's all I had. I, the art sucks. Um, <laughs> art sucks. What about Weaver? Final thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah. Weaver. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, it, and again, it's frustrating because, like you said, everyone kind of sees the forest for the trees here, but you can't really go out and say what's going on. Um, but uh, look, great win. I mean, a thirty point win over VCU. That's fantastic. The Flyers are still going to end up with a, at least ten losses this year. You can you can put put money on it. Um, yeah, it, it all comes down to getting a top four seed and getting hot for three days. That's it. Same as it was back in uh, late November or yeah, early December. Yeah. Nothing changed <laughs> there. Nothing changed. Nothing's well, changed, I'll so. tell you right now with the bump to the Ken Palm numbers and the bump to the Bartorvik numbers. 
you're going to see a lot more flyers at large talk this in the next two oh, days. I, I guarantee Jesus it. Christ. Don't buy into it yet. If we need to have that conversation after Saturday, eh, may, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see. We're, but we're, I, we're not having that conversation until we get to the LaSalle game without a loss. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, my promise to all of you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you guys. So that'll do it. I'm putting on cool in the gang celebration for you tonight because it is a night to celebrate or an afternoon to celebrate or a morning to celebrate or even a Thursday night to celebrate if you waited 24 hours to listen to this episode. But if you listen to the episode one way or the other, we love to have you. Thank you for joining the program for Drew and Blackburn. I'm Sully. There's two rules on this program until Saturday. I'll see you down in St. Louis. If you're there, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to buy you a beer. Wear red, be loud, we'll catch you up.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.